Welcome, I'm Rogers Anderson and today we have another show in which we're bringing forth a, a silent hero uh, trying to look at Williamson County a few years ago and we have with us someone that I'm sure most everyone recognizes, and Tommy Murdy. Good morning. Good morning, man. Anderson, how are you this I'm morning? I'm doing fine. Thank you Good. for uh, being with us and taking a little time out uh, to uh, Talk a little bit about Williamson County, and particularly Franklin, over the last few years. I won't say how many years. That'd tell how old you were. Well, it would, and, you know, I'm very sensitive about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy and I go back some 25 years, I guess, now, and uh, behind the scenes, Tommy's one of those people uh, that you often don't always see, although he has been a county commissioner. You're chairman of the the election commission. Uh, you're involved in the solid waste, uh, solid waste board, which uh, very few people would understand what that's about. And you have many other hats that you wear in our community. And before we actually get to talking a little bit about uh, some questions I may throw at you, tell us a little bit about uh, Tommy Murdick of, uh, of uh, Franklin and Williamson County, where you're born. And I happen to know you're, you're married to a, one fine, fine lady. Yeah, well, that's true. Now, let's 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 talk let's talk about Deb first and foremost. <laughs> Keep you out of the frying pan. <laughs> yeah, I, I always accuse Deb of not being able to see. Okay, and so that was one of the reasons she she hooked up with me. She just <laughs> never had a good vision of me. But no, Roger, I was born here in Williamson County, Franklin. As a matter of fact, I was born right across the street from my old home place, which was 508 Columbia Avenue, which is where H.G. Hill sat. And Dr. Johnson's Hospital was right across the street. So on November 30th, 1953, that's where I was born. Now, how many brothers and sisters did you have? Okay, I had one sister and four brothers. I have one that survived now, Tony. And as a matter of fact, Tony was down here this weekend. We went over to watch the Franklin Rebs play in the playoffs, and we had a great time. Yeah, that was a good ball game. This show will actually uh, probably show up three or four weeks later, but uh, Franklin did do a, uh, they did us, uh, a very, very good job, although they didn't come out victorious on the, the scoreboard. Uh, I think they were very victorious in all of our hearts. Oh, they were. They showed well. You know, it was a great game. For those who didn't make the game, it was absolutely a great game. I mean, it went right down to the last few seconds. So I was, you know, I was happy. You uh, were born here in Franklin. Um, eventually finished up high school, eventually went on. I heard you say a little bit before we came on the air that you actually had worked at a TV show. A TV station. TV station, Channel 5. One of the first jobs I had out of school was working over there in the engineering department at uh, WTVF. Um, and it was an exciting job aside from, we did, I, I got involved in a couple of interesting projects over there during that time. We were the first to come out with the mobile, I guess, video cams and all of that ran into my first VCR over there. That's when they were just hitting the market and we, this was Project X over there at the time. Jack DeWitt was the chief engineer over at Channel 4 and Jack was a good buddy of mine through uh, the astronomy club, okay? 
the Jack was always trying to find out what we were doing. Of course, we were trying to find out what they were doing over there at four, but we worked on this project at night and all that. Yeah, you know, it was, it was real exciting. How did you get involved in, and, and I know you eventually, you've, you've worked, you've retired up in the Nashville area. How did you get involved at the local uh, scene as a politician and uh, the involvement that, you, that you've had? Interesting story, Roger. Back in 1977, there was an automatic seat available. Well, it wasn't available. Actually, was running against Pete Gunnell. And Reverend Scruggs, who was like a second father to me, came to me and said, Tommy, you know, it would be great if you ran for that seat. I said, Reverend Scruggs, I don't know anything about, you know, politics. Never really gave it a lot of thought. But he talked to me and we talked. And I said, well, you know, Sound like an interesting venture. So, you know, I, I did. I ran, qualified and ran, did not, you know, did not win. But as a result of that, Mayor Bethune was running. Jeff Bethune was running for mayor and was elected. I was appointed to the Planning Commission, uh, Franklin Planning Commission, in February of 1978 and sat on that body until 19... I want to say it was 1991. So you were there during those times that we know uh, the Cool Springs Mall? I was chairing the planning commission when that was approved. I actually helped, I pushed that through. I, I like to say that we, at the time, there was some reluctance, very, some great reluctance to approve that mall. Uh, People were afraid what it was going to do to the nature of Franklin. And let's, you know, my position was it's out there re removed from Franklin proper, out near the freeway. And Brentwood was on the move. Brentwood wanted that there. Brentwood was in the process of annexing everything south of Brentwood. So a mall was going to go there. It was just a matter of who's going to get, you know, the tax revenue off of it. Well, and that. Uh it was one of the reasons we had you on the show because I did know that you were chairman of the Planning Commission, Franklin, during those critical years. And uh, whether it was Jeff Bethurum or Lillian Stewart and eventually Jerry Sharber, uh, all of those people uh, helped shape the, the vision to bring that mall to, to, to that particular area of town. And your leadership as the Planning Commission, whether you liked it or not, it has proved. Uh, be a very successful financial tool for us over here in the county government, the way the sales tax is set up, particularly oh, for schools. Oh, indeed, indeed. The uh, early days of that, because I, I definitely remember that, it was, I doubt, maybe other than CBL, uh, had this great vision and grandeur of how that whole area would, would work, and particularly uh, when you start coupling in the commercial aspect that goes with the retail sales over there. Oh, indeed, indeed. You know, and they, they were they were a great group to work with. It really was, you know, and we had some concerns, and we developed, you know, and I have to give Bob Martin a lot of credit. Bob helped us develop some pretty stringent uh, set of regulations for that area, which we needed. One of the things we were often told by developers coming in, they said, oh, I, they would say, oh, I can go to Murfreesboro and they just let us do whatever. I said, well, that's good. And, you know, with what you have, you know, if you want to take it over to Murfreesboro, good. 
But if you're gonna do business in Franklin, this is what we expect. And we weeded out a lot of the, what I call the fly-by-nighters who come in and leave it with a mess. And we got a good group of developers in here and we, it really made a difference. And you can see the difference out there on the ground today. Well, the infrastructure to get in and out of the interstate, to get on and off the interstate, and just to be able to move now during the holiday season, Christmas time, it's, uh, I'm not sure you've ever got enough roads for that, <laughs> but uh, generally speaking, you can get around and get about. In those early days, too, I remember the discussion about having folks that would live nearby, um, living nearby the mall, because that, that was kind of new and foreign to us here in Williamson County. Most everyone lived away from the shopping districts, and, and now we're going to put a home, not just condos, not just apartments, but homes that people may want to live. Oh, yeah. And, you know, again, it was foreign to me, and I, for the life of me, I couldn't imagine who would want to live there. What wasn't me, okay? But apparently there's, you know, with the growth we were experiencing here and people coming from, you know, all different areas of the country. That was a segment of the community who found that to be attractive. And, and if my memory serves me correctly, it would have been um, Jeff Bethurum, Dr. Bethurum. Right. When those early days when we were discussing the mall, and then shortly thereafter it was Lillian Stewart, Mayor that's, Stewart. That's correct. Yeah, it was under Jeff. We did the annexation portion of that under Jeff's leadership. Okay. And then after, at that point, it was doing that transition between Jeff's administration and Lillian's administration when, you know, the mall really began to take shape. And it was actually under Lillian's, you know, tour duty, if you will, when they came in and made the formal proposal and all. Um, I know that there's something very near and dear to your heart that uh, you became involved in, or not necessarily uh, became involved in, but uh, there's a little-known museum right. that's uh, here right in the heart of Franklin, uh, the McLemore home, the McLemore House or Museum. Uh, in those early days, a few years back, you and uh, uh, Mrs. Mills and uh, I guess Juanita Patton and uh, or Mrs. Patton, excuse yeah. me. Um, several of these ladies and yourself decided uh, to open up a museum, a, a, a home uh, depicting and, and displaying African um, heritage, the 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 way it was for the black community, the the area of our town that quite frankly no one knew much about the family. Oh yeah. And let, let me give credit where credit's due. Uh, Please. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Patton, uh, Mrs. Mills, and Mrs. Harris. This was, and Thelma Bow. This was their brainchild. And I came I came on board a little later on and the first thing they, they had, Mrs. Mills got in touch with me and said, you know, we're doing this, would you be interested? I said, well, sure, you know, I, I have deep roots in Franklin. Uh, my great-grandmother was born, you know, right after the Civil War in 1866. So, you know, I remember her and her talking about that period of reconstruction around here from the perspective of a child, because she was a child coming up then. So it, it, was, it was near and dear to my heart. 
But anyway, they had this house. They said, we've, we've acquired this house over here on 11th Avenue. This is Miss Maggie Mathers' old house. And of course, Miss Maggie had lived there for years. And she was a member of this old social club with my grandmother that was founded in 1910. But we want you to go over there and take a look at the house and tell us what you think. I said, okay. So I walk in the house, and the house was in pretty bad shape. I mean, oh, my, it was. let me tell you, my first impression was to pull out my cigarette lighter and say there's been an accident over there. <laughs> that was the fleeting, that was a fleeting thought. But after looking at it and going through it, I said, well, it's a doable project to renovate that house and make it into a house museum. And so began the, that long road of renovating the house, getting contractors, and you know, deciding exactly what we wanted to do over there. In the meantime, Thelma was pulling together history of the Macklemore family and you know, how they came to own that property. And you know, it was a real interesting story in that the property came in, oh, was in that family from about 1880s up until 19, 1997, I think, was when the last member of the Macklemore family moved out of that house. So well over a hundred years. So that in itself, you know, speaks just scores about the family and their roots in this community. But you know, Harvey Macklemore, who was the original owner of that property, was an ex-slave, and he acquired that property after the Civil War. And if you if if you look at it and just kind of follow the chronology of the what you saw in the house, it appears that he bought the property. There was a period of time before he did anything, then he began construction, and construction was done in phases. And I say that because of just some of the artifacts we found in the house in the time period, and some of the stuff was, was dated. I mean, actually, what they used in the walls to insulate it was old magazines and newspapers, and of course, you know. I mean, they had exact dates on it, you know, so it was pretty easy to follow the chronology of it. And there was some inside, internal walls that was insulated, which was even uncommon in homes today. So apparently this wall was an exterior wall once upon a time. So, you know, we've got a pretty good picture of what happened and when it happened. Tommy, I know that the, the Macklemore home, um, about once a year, uh, there's a special event that uh, is held to help try to raise, not, not uh, all of the money, I guess, goes to the Macklemore, if I'm not mistaken, but once a year, January, February, you try to host a, an event uh, here in town to help raise funds for that. But I also know that the, uh, the house itself is not open all the time, but how does one uh, make contact with one, if, if someone's watching this that wanted to go see it, or a school group, church group, how, how do they make contact with someone, or who should they call about checking into opening in that? Well, area? several several ways. Well, they can contact myself or Mrs. Mills, uh, but you can go through the uh, local tourism group here, as well as through Carrington, and they all have contact information as well. So, as as several avenues, we're actually working on keeping it open. A couple of days a week, right now, and have some volunteer board members over there who's going to be doing that and Mrs. Mills I think says she's going to be over there on some Fridays herself so you know we're making an effort to make it available particularly as we get into the tourist time of the year right now things are pretty slow around here from tourism uh, so, but 
spring of the year, we suspect with the economy the way it is, we're going to see a lot of people taking what I call the local vacations and taking advantage of these local treasures that are close to home rather than traveling all about. So we're really anticipating a, you know, a busy, busy turnout this year for sure. Tommy, I know my first working with you was uh, during a period of time that you were a county commissioner. That's, that's uh, correct. Um, you may have had the hat of wearing as the chairman of the planning commission inside Franklin the City, but you were actually a county commissioner that uh, was very involved uh, on several major issues here in here in our county. Again, Roger, uh, we were. It was an exciting, those were exciting times in Williamson County in general. Williamson County was making a transition from an agricultural community to morphing into something different. I'm not sure exactly what that different, but it was changing, okay? So we were, we were on the leading edge of a lot of things. One thing was, you know, uh, again, you know, home development, subdivision developments. Recreation was a very hot issue at that time. It was during a period when recreation by officials was deemed to be just a few more ball fields and that was it. Well, there was a survey done by the City of Franklin Household Survey and the second, the second item of second priority for the people in Franklin at that time was leisure time activity. So at this point, during this period, I served on what was called the Williamson County, Franklin-Williamson County Joint Rec Board, okay? And we were looking at actually wanting to build a facility because at that time there was no public, you know, recreational facility. We used Optimus Gym. There was no public pool in Franklin. So this was, you know, this was a giant step. And to, you know, get everybody on board was just no, it was a, major undertaking. I remember those days. Uh, that was when Franklin and Williamson County uh, worked hand in hand on a lot of projects. Uh, there just wasn't a lot of money in the budget back in those days. There was a survey done by Franklin. Right. And in those early days, though, you've got you've to recognize uh, uh, Judy Shuford and Kathy oh, Odom, uh, oh, two indeed. ladies that uh, um, Names both of those ladies do not live in our community anymore. I know. I, I talk to Judy from time to time, you know, on I and I just run run across Kathy, but I talk to Judy quite a bit. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, a couple of years ago, we I'd been involved in a function out there at Carrington where they had CBS morning Sunday morning. It, then I then was talking to Robert Hicks about his book, Wit of the South. And so they did an interview, and of course, it played one Sunday morning on CBS. So I, the telephone begins to ring, and I pick up the phone, and it's Judy, and she is just rolling. She said, I was looking at this thing, you know, it was about Franklin. I said, well, I look at it, you know, live there, and I looked up, and it was you. It was you. And she was just rolling. I said, here's the deal. I said, that I look good. She said, <laughs> yeah, she did. She, she said, did you not watch? I said, grandkids, why? I never watched myself on TV. 
<laughs> well, in those early days, before the, the format that we have today, and many changes have occurred over the last 30 years in Williamson County, certainly you've been involved in, in the mall area, which was nothing more than pasture land, strawberry fields, Mr. Lynch owned part of it, the Jordan family owned That's part right. of it, there are many other people that own, but those two names we are synonymous, so they're kind of synonymous with the, with the mall. Then later on, I think one of the catalysts that uh, provided the the working relationships between the cities and the counties was in the area of parks and recreation. Um, currently, Doug Hood is our parks and recs director, but there were people before him. But it, the format wasn't set in place um, until the early 90s, in which there was actually a referendum held right. uh, countywide. That's great. Oh, there were some hard, hard friendships dissolved during those days of oh, whether indeed. counties should be running parks and should cities be running parks and could you combine those two could you get cities and counties working together the public said after they got through voting at that referendum that uh, that particular day said we want more parks and recreation facilities now at that time most of your cities Brentwood had uh, the Civitan fields right. uh, the Quite frankly, the Civitan fields were run by the Civitan, but That's it was right. on. It was right in behind the old Lipscomb School. That's right, or where right. Lipscomb School is mm -hmm. now. And they had visions of putting more fields in. Franklin and Williamson County, uh, for the most part, uh, Franklin ran the uh, provided the facilities where they could, and the County Recreation Department kind of ran the programs. And That's then, great. And uh, as we go out into the Bethesda's and the College Groves and the grassland areas that were coming on, they were run by volunteers for that's, the most part. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. Took you our know. old gyms, took our mm -hmm. old ball fields and told the dads and the moms that, hey, if you want to have a ball team, go for it. That's right. But we had issues of safety. We had issues of continuity. We had issues of consistency of programs and not that it was bad, and I don't want anybody to leave here today <laughs> thinking that, but it, you certainly don't want um, that one area who may, who has more money to provide those services as opposed to another area that was rural. Uh, you wanted to, each of our children to be able to participate, whether it was in baseball, soccer was coming on strong. So oh, we, yeah. And you know, Franklin was huge in the soccer, the soccer complex oh, now yeah. off from Downs Boulevard. Well, it didn't used to be off Downs Boulevard. It used that's to be right. off Board Mill. That's right. That's and right. that's the way you came and, and uh, went to the soccer fields. But those were very, very interesting times. Oh, they were. They were. I, I think back about Cliff Harding and, you know, Cliff was there from, Cliff was our second, uh, I guess, Parks and Rec park, director. Park, park and Rec director. And then there was another guy, Larry, and I can't think of Larry's last name, but he was number one. And I think he since moved on to Knoxville, and I don't know where Larry is today. And then, but then we hired Doug Hood, and Doug was, I mean, we hit a you know, grand slam with Doug, I know, just no doubt. Well, and we continue to hit a grand yeah. slam. He's still here, and uh, Doug is um, uh, just a, a forerunner. Tommy, we've got about five minutes left, and I want to... Uh, get into a couple of other areas that, that uh, you're involved in, but um, one of those for the last several years, you've headed up uh, the Election Commission. Yes. And uh, in November of 2008, 
election was held, something happened from Bristol to Memphis that it hasn't ever happened in the history, uh, well, or at least uh, since uh, Civil War days, in that the House of Representatives and the Senate will both be um, Republican-based. That's correct. And so there's going to be some major change in at that, the local level. As a, let me there's this great tremor that's just across the state right now as <laughs> to what's going to happen. Okay, I hear word from you know uh, administrators. They're worried about their job. There's you know commissions worried about what's going to happen. And I'll be quite honest with you. You know I can't speak for any other county, but Williamson County. You're not going to see a change in the weather. I'll, I'll, let me say that, okay? Yeah, the, the, the makeup of the body will change. We'll go from three Democrats to two Democrats and three Republicans. And, but it's not going to change very much. It's going to, yeah, I mean, we got a great group down there with Paul McCord and, and Bob Brown, as well as Dana Smith and Nell Jones Mowen Fairview. And, you know, we, we work together for the good of the county and, you know, Partisan politics just don't, it's, it's just no place for it. When you, believe me, when you're trying to run an election, you don't have time to do anything but try to run an election. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that uh, in our particular county, um, and even the state, the state uh, certainly didn't go the way the, the national trend went, and certainly Williamson County, which is uh, predominantly uh, Republican in, in nature. But over the last several years, people would probably would not realize uh, that the local election uh, commission uh, is really, it starts, it gets its roots, the engines cranks up from Nashville, Tennessee, and the law says that those men and women will be the party that's in the House, the Senate, and, and, and not, we, a lot of people thought it would have been the governor's side, but it's really not. No, no. And uh, so we will see all 95 counties be predominantly, not be predominantly, they will be. They will be. They <laughs> will be uh, a three to two, or if they, I guess some of them have more than More than, than that, five. yeah. But it will be a majority Republican. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. <laughs> and uh, you, you're exactly right, and probably you won't see a lot of changes down no. there, except in the leadership, which means uh, it's my time to say thank you for what you've done. <laughs> and because uh, uh, unless uh, something changes, uh, there will be uh, a different leadership. Yeah, it'll be, there, will, there will be a new chairman. And uh, again, you know, it may come out of the two existing Republicans there and it may be a new body come in, but I'm confident, you know, they will continue, you know, in what we've done. And, you know, we, we can't do it without Ann Beard down there. So, you know, bottom line on it, you know, and tell us what to do, and we roll it around and try to, you know, tweak it a little bit. Massage it. Massage, and then, you know, we roll with it. Tommy, we've got very short time left. I may have overlooked something that you wanted to touch on today, uh, someone, something, and uh, this is your time to, to yeah, speak. My out. time. Huh? Well, Roger, you know, one, you know, it's been a pleasure serving the county over these years. You know, it's, it's it's been a real experience. I, if I had one regret, you know, it's very time consuming. I, we were all sitting around the house the other day and my daughter said, you know, when I was small, I don't remember you being around a lot. And anybody who's been involved in this will probably have similar stories, you know, between, because I was working full time and, you know, being active in the community and it just does not, you have to manage your time. 
and you know where a lot of dads could you know they were doing a lot of other things I didn't make the ball games and all that so I guess in a sense it was good because I was you know was cognizant of the fact that my time was precious but and I tried to make an effort but you know over the years I want to thank my family for being tolerant. And let me thank you for being here in your service. We must go. Time's over, but uh, you made it a better place for not only your children, but my children. And thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Rogers. I'm Rogers Anderson. See you next time.